Yeah. Yo, did you guys post a video? You guys went hiking the other day? Yeah, did we post a video? No. I, I mean, oh, I posted an Instagram story of it. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you guys, you guys just went to watch who's it? Yeah. How was that shit? Uh, that was our second time in one weekend. We fucking hoofed oh, that shit this weekend. Damn, that's what's up. I'm, I'm a little hurt that I didn't get the invite, but whatever. My bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to cry about it, but I feel like you, the squad be getting together and being like... We woke yeah. up at like 5.30 a.m., so we figured we wouldn't bother you. <laughs> I mean, I wake up at like 7 a.m. for fun, Paul. Like, all right, all right. Next time anyways. we'll hit you up. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Let's go. Nah, I uh, I actually went to um, I went to like a Cascade waterfall or whatever. Yeah, where was our invite on that? No, I saw you guys. I was like, nah, fuck them. <laughs> oh, it was a revenge hike. I like that. Nah, remember that? Uh, remember that one time we went? Uh, we went hiking and. Uh, when we planned on doing shrooms and somebody didn't like that we got weirded out that we were planning on doing them yeah yeah so uh ironically enough somebody hit me up like somebody <laughs> wanted to hang out and uh yeah you know that happened and so how was that were you a shaman for his trip i wasn't even a shaman i just i just you know i was a liaison for more of the but yeah. We were just hanging out. We went to that waterfall thing, and then we uh, we went fishing. Yeah, I'd never been fishing as a grown person before. I didn't know how to fish. Y'all know fishing how to fish? Sucks, bro. <laughs> I I went deep sea fishing one time and caught three flounders. I'm like, I'm just gonna retire on that. That's the pinnacle right there. Did you, what do you like? Uh, why did you hate fishing though? I Me? think it's boring. I don't. I don't know. I just don't want to. Uh, do it's it. not that bad. I mean, it's just not for me. I guess. Yeah. Are you like a person that can't like has a lot of trouble like doing nothing? No, I just uh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of you know pulling innocent creatures out of the sea and then <laughs> <laughs> throwing them back in. All right, no now reason. I want to get into fishing. I want to go murder some innocent animals. I mean, it's probably one of the only animals you're capable of murdering, Jeffrey. So maybe you should go for it. It is. I can just pull, just suffocate it. You guys, got the, you guys got the same size arms. It's cool. You just yeah. <laughs> arm wrestle it. Yeah, the, the fucked up part was we were trying to – so we caught a fish, and you were trying to get the hook out, but the, the fish had swallowed the worm. So this hook is deep in his guts, and you're just trying to take this hook out, and you're yeah. just like, ah, like digging in this fish's guts. I was like, man, this dude's going to die. I felt bad. Like I almost felt bad for the fish. I did not like that of the – the release in the hook. Do you, don't you have to use like pliers or something? Yeah, yeah. You got to use the pliers to pull the hook out. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, it was pretty intense. I was like, I'm glad this isn't. I don't what know, kind man. of fish it was, was it? It was a um, a small mouth, small mouth bass. <laughs> One of the bass. Like Billy Bass? Yeah, <laughs> Billy Bass. <laughs> we caught ourselves a bass. Where'd you go fishing? Where was this at? We went to the reservoir. What reservoir? Watch. Who's it? Oh, okay. So you're up uh, where we were. Yeah, yeah. So we were just up in there. We were just in the cut. Were you shrooming while you were fishing, or are these like separate things? Nah, nah. These are separate. I was not shrooming. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's like certain people you want to shroom with. You know, you don't want to shroom with just anybody. Yeah. You can't just. You can't just be like. Especially hey, the person that was flipping out about mushrooms the last time that we were. <laughs> <laughs> right. Last thing I wanted to do was be on shrooms around that person. 
<laughs> like, oh, I'm sure he's like completely changed his mind on this and he's like very comfortable with the idea now. Yeah, <laughs> right? Don't get me wrong. Issues. Great guy. Great. Yeah, just don't want to do shrooms with that love, person. Love that guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Great. Oh, Paul yeah, found a beard comb. No, this is a regular comb. I don't know where I my beard comb got to. Worry about your beard when your hair is like completely disheveled right now. Dude, my hair looks good. <laughs> I have Paul looks like he stars far, on Hell on Wheels. I have by <laughs> far the best hair out of this podcast, so no one can talk any shit to me. I mean, you have quantity over quality for sure. What do you mean quality, dude? <laughs> this is If this were the 1400s, someone would scalp me just to put this on their fucking wall, dude. Are I mean, you kidding me? My hair can double as Velcro. This is, this is quality hair. I mean, that's and, pra- practical. And hair. practical, you know? It's got a price to it. I'm I mean, sensing I'm a lot fight, of hair. I'm fight ready. No one's getting their hands on my hair. <laughs> I'm sensing I'm a lot of hair jealousy coming from Jesse's side of the podcast here. None whatsoever, man. I can't have my hair that long. Once I get bedhead, it's over. I have to cut it. Yeah, my shit just stays straight no matter what. No, it does not. You're your constantly messing with it. <laughs> does your shit grow long, Jesse? Could you grow long hair if you wanted to? No. I don't know, honestly. I let it go six weeks during the quarantine, and it was like maybe that long. It had to go. I don't even have bangs yet. Mm. I couldn't deal with what Paul has right now. It's too much maintenance. <laughs> Zero maintenance. I don't do anything. Bangs. <laughs> Why do you own a comb then? <laughs> For my beard, bro. <laughs> that's not a beard comb. That's a hair comb. I know, but it's my backup. It hasn't seen use in years. Dang. Dude, it's my hair. This is my I, my hair stays this straight no matter what. It's like it is. It's zero maintenance involved. But aren't bangs like what girls get when they're going through like a crisis? Like they need to, like got through like a breakup and need to change stuff up. Like let me get bangs. Yeah, I think right now the move is shaving your head. I think that's what most girls are doing in the quarantine. Is that, that's coming back. Yeah, they're like doing. They're like, like the side shave because that was hot for a while. Like, no, the like the, the Britney Spears like breakdown shave. Yeah, they, th- they think it's like, and it, it makes them more interesting for some reason, <laughs> even though it doesn't. Way more interesting than bangs, honestly. I'd rather talk to the shaved head girl than the bangs girl. Yeah, I mean, but I I would reckon <laughs> that they're both pretty uninteresting if their hair is of that major of a difference between the two. <laughs> if that's the tiebreaker between two girls, they're probably both shitty and not fun to hang out jeez is that like what people do like i'm gonna i'm becoming a new person let me change my hair did yeah. you do anything on the inside no i just changed my hair i'm all new now yeah whenever i run out of ideas i think i just think about dyeing my hair green like dennis rodman yeah or like doing a mohawk yeah you should get you you should get haircut like the worm <laughs> the worm yeah, yeah if you like got a mohawk print. You could be like a Travis Barker, you know, and just get a bunch of tats. Leopard print would pretty be, be pretty dope. There was a nerdy kid in, my, in uh, my eighth grade class that had leopard print hair. Like, it did not fit his personality at all. Was he cool when he had the leopard print? Were people like, yo, that's leopard print hair. He's nice now. No, they were like, why does that dude have leopard print hair? It does not fit him at all. I think he was, like, out of ideas. He was like, how can I get some attention? I'm going to dye my hair leopard print. <laughs> that's what happens now there's a, What'd you picture, say, there's a picture of me somewhere out there in fourth or fifth grade with leopard print hair really yeah it exists <laughs> somewhere my parents house. 
<laughs> I will pay money. That will be the new logo for our podcast. Was that, was that the trend with little white kids, leopard print hair? Well, what I did actually was it was, I guess, reverse. So what you did was you put on one of those highlighting caps and then, yeah, you pulled hair through and then you just dyed the hair that you pulled through. So it would give you like a, I don't know. I did it one time in fifth grade. It was cool at the time. It was kind of like light up sneakers. They're really cool when you're young, but if you see someone with it when they're older, you think they're mentally challenged. Did I thought I like- bought light up uh, sneakers in kindergarten from Payless, but it turns out they just had the little air bubbles in the back. Oh, damn. That sucks. <laughs> I was stomping on those things so hard. No lights, bro. <laughs> no lights came about. Man, you thought you were so cool when you had the light up shoes, though. I remember when I was a kid in the light up shoes, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. You can't touch these in the light up shoes. Except for, you ever seen that episode of Cops where the guy's running from the, trying to hide from the cops, but he's got light up shoes on? No. <laughs> and you can just see him. They're just laughing at him because he's just right there. What brand was it? Was that LA Gear? LA Gear did light ups, but does Payless have brands? I mean, they had Airwalk for a little bit. We were talking yeah, about that. I think they do the like day. specialty, like when a company makes too many truckfuls of shoes. Yeah. They like pay less to be like, we'll pay you half price for them. Paul, what are the shoes you just bought off um, Amazon? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I they said they're, they said that. They're running shoes, right? Yeah, I bought this running shoe for like fifteen dollars off Amazon, and when it came, the the tag says uh, "fashion professional." It's supposed to say skateboard, but it's spelled professional spelled wrong. First off, and then skateboard <laughs> is spelled S A K T E O B A R D. So <laughs> sac T O Bard. <laughs> Shoe. Are Fashion. all the letters there? Because there was like, remember back in school, they would give you like a paragraph. Yeah, it's literally every single. If letter. the first and the last letter are the same, and all yeah. the letters in the middle are jumbled, you can still read. Still... It. <laughs> no, no one, it's no one clearly a running shoe. Your brain. Like, it's still... not a skateboard shoe. And I Googled did you get it, it to run, or did you get it to skateboard? Run, <laughs> and it's a running shoe. It's not a skateboard shoe. I, I googled it, and every brand of shoe that comes from this Chinese company says professional sactio barge shoe like they, there's <laughs> like a brand <laughs> there's a pair of slippers that says it on it uh it's uh dang 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 chen are, are they comfortable though uh i mean for a 15 dollar running shoe yeah hell yeah i just bought coconut chips by dang bro they look like a uh, merrill's you know those like dad hiking shoes like if you wear like the swisher pants that you can zip off at the knee to go hiking yeah it, it looks like those are the shoes that that guy wears is Merrill yeah. a dad brand? I believe so. Like the dad hiking brand, right? Merrill's. Mm. When I was a little kid, I had those kangaroos. I, I had like 10 pairs of them. I would always buy a new pair. You remember with the little pockets on them? They shoes? made them during the, yeah, they made them during the AIDS crisis to put, so you could put a condom in the pocket of the shoe. Because <laughs> I guess like. For kids? Because <laughs> five-year-olds are fucking. No, I think well originally the shoes I guess are for gay men because when you're in like a gay club you take all your clothes off but you leave your shoes on I guess because it's like jizz on the floor. That's what I'm guessing. I'm just trying to. But yeah, there's little pockets in the side of the shoe. They're called kangaroos. 
And well, uh, I guess gay guys were buying it. They had to rebrand them towards re- yeah, like, they weren't they weren't they weren't branded towards kids. I just I thought they were a cool style of shoe. So between like seventh grade and eleventh grade, it was the only shoe that I wore. When did you learn that they were for gay guys' condoms? I think it's like when I got them. I was like, cool. Plus, they were just like a nice running shoe. I thought it made me quirky. It didn't. It's kind of like a girl shaving her hair in quarantine. I thought. Instead of being interesting, I thought I would just wear those shoes. Dude, that was my all five years of my high school career. I thought it would be cool for me to wear green sneakers. All I wore through high school were green sneakers. And then I like started wearing only green and orange clothing from like 10th to 12th grade. You seem like a dude that would wear osiris shoes never owned a pair of osiris i was too cool for osiris i had circas i was gonna say did you rock supremes though no oh you didn't rock supremes the circas were those the super high top ones uh circas were mostly low top i think but chad musco rode for them so i had to be cool so you dressed in all orange and green all orange and green every single day like had, Miami Hurricanes? Did you like the Hurricanes at that point? Someone gave me a Hurricanes jersey. They were like, here, <laughs> so you, you just, need this more than I do. You're like, <laughs> it was jersey day for Spirit Week, and my friend Brittany went up to this kid who was just handing out jerseys so that our class would win. And she was like, you have to go give that jersey to Jesse right now. And he was like, here, man, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> I wore it at a concert one time at an ICP concert, and some guy yelled, go back to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I had a green dicky suit. I had, uh, but then I just had like random like old navy clothes that were like green and orange. I would have like a performance fleece on with like green dickies pants. Can you just take the camera to your closet? Maybe we'll just make this whole episode Jesse's wardrobe. No, when I got like a real girlfriend, she was like, "That this look has to go. This is over." <laughs> nah, green days out, bro. <laughs> green is over. Don't listen to that shit. No. And then I started wearing uh. I always wore Dickies pants. I was into that because I thought I was like a West Coast rapper. Is that like the most embarrassing fashion style? You, what's like, what would you say is the most embarrassing fashion trend that you went through? Wearing all orange and green clothes. My whole crew did, but like my crew did not go to my high school. My crew went to the next town over as high school. So like there were like three or four other kids that were rocking this. But they were all together at one school, and I was alone by myself. So I was just orange and green kid throughout high school. What about you, Paul? What was the most embarrassing fashion trend you ever adopted? I never, like, have had a fashion style. <laughs> my, my style is like, oh, shit, I need a new T-shirt. And then on my way somewhere, I just buy a, a Target T-shirt. So I don't really. Or you I mean, go to a concert and buy a shirt from the show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have many, like, like choices like i don't think about what i'm gonna wear for i wear i guess when i was in high school i went through a short like i would wear like flannels and tight jeans that were like too small for me for a period but i was like like, pete wentz (laughs) yeah and i was a lot skinnier back then like i saw a picture of myself recently from when i was 19 and i was like oh i used i used to think that i was chubby but i wasn't at all now i like actually am so it's weird just too tight 
Yeah, and just like I just had like mild body dysmorphia. Like at the time, I thought I was like fat, and I was like 155 pounds, like five ten. Like I was pretty skinny. So did you wear like, girls' jeans, or did they have guys' skinny jeans? They were like guys' jeans, but they definitely had like a girl's fit to them. Yeah, because kids like I think emo was just coming around when I was in high school, or like pop punk emo. But like the guys would wear their like girlfriend's jeans or their sister's jeans. Like yeah, I, I don't know if Hot Topic far. had guys' jeans yet. Yeah, I would just wear like skinny jeans. Really, it was probably my most embarrassing. And then uh, I had like a Justin Bieber haircut for a while hmm. when I was like with bangs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I was trying to figure school. it out, I just had like a huge swoop going on. I mean, I can still like do the swoop if I pull my hair the other way. Oh yeah, you can beams it out. Yeah, baby, baby. I, I think I look like Dimitri Martin. I mean, I'm not with the beard, but I, if I shave down, I feel like I look like Dimitri. Oh, Martin. that is a beam swoop for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a quality beam swoop, bro. But, uh, if you're not subscribing to our YouTube, you're missing out. On- <laughs> yeah, I look like I look like Drew Dunn when I do this. <laughs> oh, you got like the number one beam sweep. This is that's- so money. And who is this weird piece of shit on the stage? <laughs> it's me, Drew Dunn. Uh, he's a lot more talented than me, so. Yeah, dog. Yeah. No, we're, all, we're all on the same playing field now. That's true. We're I mean, actually, up. no, because he, like, did just for laughs and, like, met with agents and stuff. So he's probably doing a little better than us. Maybe. Yeah. Hear this. <laughs> Maybe. Does he, have a, does he have any shows booked right now? Because we don't. <laughs> no one else does. I mean, I assume that if someone's representing him, they're probably looking for voiceover work for him. That's I hope it. so. That guy's good at accents. He's the well, master of accents. Uh, can, can you guys do any accents? I used to be able to when I was like 10 years old, and now I can't anymore. I can't even do British. hello hello (laughs) i can't even do british (laughs) can't do british british accent (laughs) i can only do i can do like i can do multiple african accents like i can have a conversation with like different african people but uh all right do um ghana (laughs) what do do a ghana accent all right, so it's like uh, you have like the the Americanized Western African accent, right? Which is like, yeah. I am very excited to be here today. We are going to go see a movie. It is my two friends. This is Paul and Jesse. We are very very glad to be here. You know, so it's like you're speaking English, but with like a like just like a broken kind of accent. But then you have like a Congolese accent, which is very yeah. different because it's like a deeper thing that you speak from like the stomach. So you're like, <laughs> yes, I'm very happy to be here. Very glad to be amongst ugly mother. Is that the one you now. do on stage? Yeah, that's mostly the one I do on stage. Very, very happy to be here. <laughs> Have you ever noticed with people like from when they speak English as a second language, they come to America. Every culture has their own little like term that they repeat. Like all my Brazilian friends, their parents say "buddy." They're like, "Hey, buddy, 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 buddy," and like some people say, "my friend." Like I feel like. I've of- tried to talk about this to so many people how like every person <laughs> from a different country that comes to America says my friend and I yeah. don't know like where they adopt this from. I think they hey, just come hey, from <laughs> I think they just come from yeah. like hard places where like people just like fight on site. So they just want yeah. to assure you that you're friends with them. They're just like my friend, friend, not enemies, my friend. But like in, sp- like, in Spanish speaking countries, do they say mi amigo all the time? 
I think that, it might just be like saying um, like it's kind of a way to like uh, just space out your words when you're thinking of what to say next. But it definitely is true. A lot of people say buddy. A lot of people say my friend, and yeah. they'll just like keep they'll just hammer you with my friends. Any American-born person that calls you buddy, like, well, anyone who calls me buddy, I know they're never they never were my friend, and they never will be my friend. What <laughs> if they call you pal? Hey, pal. Pal is okay, but buddy, I feel, is just the most condescending <laughs> word. Like, I've never called one of my friends buddy, unless I was being a, a douchebag. Also, I feel like uh, uh, people speaking English as a second language call me boss sometimes. They're like, yes, boss. They're just like, yeah, say boss. it. And I'm just like, it's just they always need a nice term of endearment to just to hammer like three times in each sentence i don't know what it's from though i don't know what the the actual i think they're just being really polite and maybe americans are just pieces of shit so we're not used to someone being just not friendly we don't yeah that's true i can do like a like a matthew mcconaughey surfer accent voice that's that's my favorite thing right now i tried doing it on stage doesn't work doesn't work on stage. You did it at an open mic for the whole five minutes. That's why I, I did, and I had so much fun with it. It's the best way to talk. Like, yo, bro, I'm just on the stage, dude. <laughs> you still smoking weed, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, dog. I'm playing with that crown, dog. That sounds like cooler if you did. <laughs> it sounds like the antagonist from like a Nickelodeon cartoon, not like Matthew McConaughey at all. <laughs> it's like, like the I, evil guy in like a skateboard movie. Maybe like seventeen-year-old Matthew McConaughey, like where he dazed first, and confused. First, Only yeah. dazed and confused. The, the best Matthew McConaughey. Only dazed and confused. Um, you know what I do is that I've been doing the Goofy accent, Goofy from Disney World or uh, Disney. Yeah. When I, uh, when I get mad at people in traffic to try to settle myself down so I don't freak out. Like, Gosh, this lady's a real cunt, huh, Mickey? <laughs> and I just talk to myself in my car. In that accent? <laughs> yeah, it calms me down a lot. I'm just like, Gosh, she's texting on her phone. What a bitch. <laughs> and uh, I texted Dave today and told him to learn the Donald Duck accent so we can do some some improv together but that was, that, <laughs> one's a, that one's a tough one so i don't know if he's gonna be able to master it whenever uh, someone cuts me up i think i do ben's surfer thing i'm like hell yeah dude <laughs> fuck yeah dude super chill bro yeah dog. <laughs> i can get it dude <laughs> one time Take over the fucking road bro <laughs> one time i was i was uh running a dungeons and dragons group for some comedians in boston and i was there was this passage i had to read that was like this flashback like epic like um exposition you know just like laying the groundwork and for some reason i just i don't know it wasn't even intentional there's nothing in the book that would make me but i I slightly was reading it in like an old asian man telling like a tale (laughs) and I don't know why. And like, I caught myself doing it. They had like an Asian roommate and I don't know why I did it for like two months. I don't think anyone even noticed, but I remember just thinking to myself, like, why did I just default to this weird, but it was just like, I imagined like mist like fading away and me telling them a story. And I just defaulted to old Asian man accent, which is not allowed anymore. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> you cannot do old Asian. <laughs> Asian ex- <laughs> it's just like something about telling like an old story makes me want to do some type of accent. You know what I mean? Some type yeah. of like, and that was the one I chose at the time for no reason. Nothing in the. And you would do. I can't even do it. And yeah, I would. I feel like I would be able to do it too good, which is why I'm not going to do it right now. I uh, feel like all Dungeons and Dragons is 
is like a rolling dice and telling stories. Like someone's telling a story and everyone else is rolling dice, and that's pretty much the game. That depends. There's different types of groups. Uh, but usually when you play with like yeah newer players, it's a lot more like storytelling and shit. I think it's just a reason for white dudes to use racist accents. I think that's why Dungeons and Dragons is invented. Like, no, I'm an elf. Uh, <laughs> He's I'm Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. You can say, yeah, man. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? Come on, I am Jamaican. <laughs> I'm going to try every accent you guys name. <laughs> What's an accent you think you could actually do? Because I, I don't like, think I can do any anymore. I want to learn how to do an accent. I want to do like a like or like learn to like do someone like really good, like an impression. I feel like that's something you'd I be can, able to learn how to do. I can do a southern southern accent. That's that, that's not great. That's pretty easy. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> it sounds like a a. Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to say it. It sounds like... What does it, it sound, sound like? Sound like <laughs> someone from the South who's having a challenging time. <laughs> With their mental faculties? Yeah. Sounds like someone is... Which I guess is just... Everyone in am the I South. Do, am, yeah. I do, am I doing four is good? Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> this is getting worse and worse every time you do it. Yeah, buddy. I didn't yeah, know. Buddy. I didn't yeah, know we what about to be from Texas today. Yeah. I didn't know what was the best way to completely kill any momentum on a podcast, and it turns out doing bad accents will bring it to a screeching halt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we had any more. I think this is the, all the momentum we have right now. <laughs> this is going nowhere until we go to accents. Do we ever have more momentum than this? I feel like we're always treading lightly. Where's it, I don't know. I'm going to get a don't tread on me flag. What do you guys think about that? You should just take it out of your closet. I, d- I don't even know really what it represents, but I read online that you're not allowed to have them anymore. So don't I want to get one. Isn't that a Navy thing? Yeah. And everyone on the internet now is not, I think it's cause it's like 99% of the people who have it also are like blue lives matter people. So it's like, yeah, has a bat, but it's just funny when people, online like people online use that as like a character flaw they'd be like oh who's fucking guy with a don't tread on me sick i'm like i thought this was like i don't know i don't think being pro police or pro military makes you like inherently racist but (laughs) i guess a lot of racists are pro police and pro military so if you have yeah it's like a square sticker or a don't tread on me (laughs) flag people but i don't know Bro, did you guys see that video with that woman in um about that woman in uh, Central Park? Did you see that shit? The one with the stormtrooper outfit that got arrested. Did you guys see that one? No, no. no. I read no. the articles about uh, it was the articles were really confusing because the man's last name was Cooper, Cooper. and the woman's last, last name, was, name was Cooper. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, there was this woman and her dog in this part of Central Park when there's like this bird watching area and you can't have your dog off a leash. It's like reserved for like bird watchers and there's all these birds there and blah blah blah. And uh, so the guy's there. He's an avid bird watcher, and his name is also Cooper. And he's he's watching some birds. And this woman comes with her dog, and her dog's just running around. And she he asks the woman to put her dog on a leash. And this woman just like loses her shit, starts saying like she's always oh, she's gonna call the police and tell them she feels threatened by a black man. And so an she African does African American, African American man. So this is yeah, this is key. We're gonna we're gonna circle back to that. She said African American. Mm-hmm. So then so then she uh. So then the video like went viral or whatever. She ends up like getting fired because in the video she's doing like she's like choking and like beating up her dog too. Did the, the guy video. also like offer her dog a treat 
Like he just happened to yeah. have dog treats. Maybe that pocket. dog was a racist and she was just beating it up to teach it a lesson. <laughs> anyway, she had to give back the dog. She got fired from her job. All sorts of shit happened to her. Yeah, right? that's wild. But yeah, it was super fucking wild. I mean, if you, yeah, yeah, she was. I mean, I don't know. It's pretty fucked up. If you watch the video, you like you see what her intentions are. There's no like. There's Every no... time we do this podcast, I'm like, I'm gonna be suspended from my job tomorrow, and my roommate's also gonna kick me out for some reason. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. just gonna, my life's gonna be ruined. And then you can get on the Joe Rogan podcast and offend yourself. Dude, if Shane Gillis didn't get on the Joe Rogan podcast, what chance do I have? That's wait, true. Wait, Joe wouldn't put Shane on because of that. Uh, he no, hasn't been on. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's. He just hasn't I mean, booked him. I'm sure it has more to do with just not having a close enough circle of friends that I they mean, share. I guess you know, he's yeah. got Elon Musk and Kevin Hart. Shane Gillis isn't like above them on the, the guests to get on your show, I guess. Does every black guy carry dog treats with them? Is well, that no, it's because to? in that part when you go bird watching, like he does it because people carry dogs. I don't know. He explained the story or whatever because there's always yeah. dogs there in the leashes and whatever. Mm. So, and that's why he's always, yeah, anyways. But then, so, I guess she was weirded out by the dog treat. She's like, what are you feeding my dog? No, he, I don't know. There's a longer story. But anyways, okay. so she, so needless to say, she gets fired and all this stuff. And like, she has to give back the dog because PETA got all mad because she was like choking the dog and beating it up during the video. Like, it was all fucked up. But the weird thing about it is like, every time people say like, uh, like racism or whatever, people think like Trump, you know, like it's like Trump, the Republicans, whatever. But like this woman had like donated to like the, like all democratic parties, whatever she would identify as super liberal but like her liberalness only went as far as like I can use my race to like get over on this black man in this specific situation. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we always want to attribute it to just Republicans and just like Trump supporters. But I think that the racial lines kind of they're, they're very blurred in terms of politics, if we're being honest. I, I don't think it. It, I don't think it's a long politics line, political line. The liberal wokeness can come around like so much that you end up being racist because you think you know what's like best for uh, non-white people. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Mister Negro, this is what you should do, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The or they tell you like why you should be offended by something. I love when white people try to tell me why I should feel a certain way about a black person issue. I nothing gets me happier. Yeah. <laughs> tell me more. Well, yeah, that's where it gets weird, though, like, because, uh, I mean, this is like, a di- this is different now, for sure, and like, every year it gets less and less, but it's weird when, like, someone who's super woke on the left has to reckon with having a conversation with somebody that, like, hates, that as a person of color, but hates gay people or something like that, like, it's just, or maybe abortion, just is fundamentally different on one issue, and then the white person has to like doesn't want to like critique their viewpoint like i guess case in point would be well youtube always says that like uh you know if you like the a big narrative in right-wing youtube is that the the threat of islamophobia keeps liberals from critiquing like the muslim culture and it is an interesting thing well, be, like if a bunch of white dudes were doing the exact same behavior, every liberal person would immediately be like, what the fuck is wrong with these pieces of shit? Yeah. But if it's not like a white dude, they'll be like, well, you know, we have to be patient and like understanding and that Respect is Respect their how, culture and traditions. And- yeah, it is weird how it like, uh, when in reality, you probably should just, you know, keep your opinions to yourself, live your life, let everyone figure out their own shit and not like immediately jump down anybody's throat for any like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like there's a 
there is a disconnect there between like super progressive, the progressive left and the regular like left that should, that might have like reservations about certain issues and stuff like that. Uh, and it is a weird thing. Like it's funny. Uh, I don't know. It's just funny. Like people defending like Saudi Arabia, it's just like a shitty, it's like a pretty shitty place to women. And people will be like, Oh no, it's just like cultural differences. And like they complain. And obviously sexism is an issue here too, but it's like, I mean, we're doing pretty well in comparison. Like you guys are allowed to drive and maintain employment. That's where we went wrong, you know? (laughs) But yeah, that's a weird thing. And then it's like, that's where you get into them telling you how you should feel. Yeah. It's uh, that's why I like to just not say anything, and because well, uh, you find out most people's like opinions on whatever if they're, they're like strong on those issues, their their beliefs on those matters like social issues whatever that they champion, only go as far as it affects them or someone that they really are close to, and that's about as far as it goes. And it's like, yeah, I'll be woke here for like whatever rights because. I'm this way or like my sibling or best friend and that's about as far as their like their interests in social issues go which is funny that once a social issue that comes up that's beyond their parameters their perspective changes all of a sudden they're not the champions that were super woke five minutes ago they're like well um oh well you know like it's a but it's but everyone's like that I think a lot of people are like that and mostly What's worse is that people don't actually do anything. They just like go on social media and like, I'm a champion of this cause. I raise money for my birthday for this cause on Facebook. I am officially woke. And it's like, what are you actually doing for all these causes you came to be so a champion for? Like, are you out there with some signs protesting? Are you out there donating money to camp? It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Nope, and like, I'm just posting on Facebook. That's, that's my wokeness right there. And nowadays, everybody is so inclined. I mean, I'm sure us three do it too. If you know one or two things about a person, like you, you're inclined to automatically assume what the rest of their beliefs are based on like one or two bits of information, like based on who they've made, let's say who they vote for president, or let's say their opinions on pro-choice, pro-life. Nowadays, everyone automatically assumes that if you check a certain box that you're going to go down the line with every issue on a certain side yeah, which, people probably assume that by you because you're vegan yeah they, they do yeah i think you like stereotypically align with all of these others yeah well yeah that was one of the funny things when i started doing it that i liked was that it's funny to be vegan and then ha- interact with other vegans that will like cry if they see a squirrel dead on the ground and just feel yeah. like dude you're being kind of a pussy right now <laughs> to live in the fucking real world uh and it is a yeah i like i like being i mean maybe it's just because i'm a fucking nerd but it's fun being quote unquote like non-conforming to like to have like different views that sort of go and you know make yourself think like i try to uh in the last couple of months i always try to think the inverse like if i'm sure of an opinion i'll try to think the exact inverse of it and see and then usually you'll be like man even if i was thinking the exact opposite i could see where i was coming from it's like a good practice to have because it's like pro-choice pro-life is a big one for me it's like i think everyone on either side is very inclined to be like i don't know what the fuck those people are fucking thinking not thinking the same way i do but if you really inverse the position and just get inside their brain you can be like i don't agree with this but like i can see why this person arrived at this 
like juncture and i can like yeah, it's ridiculous that you don't even want to hear someone else's side and like try to figure out why they would think that way yeah but then sometimes for really dumb shit you'll do it like you'll like look at oh let me see how ben shapiro like let me see if i can see his point of view and then you'll be like oh i can't even when i try to it still doesn't make sense so it's, it's a nice uh it's a nice easy way to parse out like the real dumb shit that like i mean and again it's all subjective i guess but i i like to think that i have a pretty good eye for like what issues should be black and white but i guess everyone thinks that and that's the problem so i try not to be like super i don't know i just i try to get upset about people who hold different opinions even if they're really dumb because uh i feel like i just like the vegan thing is like if i argued with everybody about veganism every fucking day i would just be tired so even if yeah. i believe in it strongly even if you're the most strongest believer in animal rights it's like you're just gonna tire yourself out every day arguing with people that don't even want to hear it you know what i mean well, it's just like it's tiring but most people like that shit is frustrating man because most people want to argue about shit because they read like something on like you guys are drinking water at the same time that was weird as fuck oh my bad no you're good you guys just did it at like the same exact time if you like, give you your like, time oh. to speak bro yeah <laughs> well, nah. take but like you were you were talking about how like uh like how like um, you, you have like, like non-conforming opinions and I've always found it interesting cause I don't feel like, I feel like a lot of people have beliefs and they've never really like challenged or thought about why they think a certain way. They just have these beliefs. Maybe it was something that they got told as a kid or something like that, or what their parents believed or what their friends or crew, whatever, like they saw something, that's what it is. And like, they don't even examine the actual issue. They're just like, this is where I stand and this is where I'm at. Like, people that vote along party lines. If you vote across party lines in any party that you believe in, that you vote for, it's like you realize, like, you can be like, oh, I like this idea, I like this idea, I like this idea. You don't have to vote along party lines unless you're just a person that doesn't pay attention to why you're doing what you're doing. Like, you're not examining what you're doing. But I don't know, Mark Twain always said this thing. He's like, if you often find yourself on the same side as the majority, then you should revisit a lot of your issues. And I never forgot that. It always sticks with me, man. Because when you start looking at like what the masses, usually when it's like a mob or a mass of people all feel one way, it's usually dumb as hell. Like even like, and then everyone's like, well, so many people are wrong. Yes. Like all of those motherfuckers are wrong. Like it's, it's a trip. But I do think that people should challenge their own ideas and, and be like, okay, this is what I believe. Why do I believe that? What's the end? And admit that you might that? not know everything. Yeah. That you don't know issue. anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll freely admit that I'm a dum-dum who doesn't know everything about everything. Yeah, there's just so much incentive nowadays to be, like, the loudest and quickest person to pass judgment. Like, if something happens, like, the, you know, and it, like, takes power away from your own cause. Like, the Covington kid thing that happened, which is, I mean, again, those fucking kids probably are... I mean, first off, they're like 16. So it's like, I mean, half those yeah. kids are going to go to college. They're going to have sex with a girl with a shaved head and they're going to turn very liberal in about two years. But it's like they, the media and everything painted them a certain way and that ended up being untrue. So then that gives ammunition to the right to be like, you, you guys like jump to fucking conclusions. And I just, I, I think it's funny when people take something online and immediately have to shoot out an opinion and like, the first minute it's like you can't sit on it on it for a day and like you know chew it over in your brain and like think of a, a nice reasonable way even when and then sometimes you will be the same opinion you had when you did see it but then at least you're protecting yourself from having to like backtrack and stuff like that i don't know i guess like 
I try to train myself not to like have a emotional like immediate response to things. Yeah, when I was very active on Twitter, I felt like I had to have an opinion on like every major news story of the day or like a joke on it or like some sort of like take on everything. And yeah. you don't. <laughs> and even if you try to do that, 90% of what you're saying is just going to be a carbon copy of what someone else is tweeting out at the exact same time too. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a good way to arrive. If you're speaking strictly. Or like to- you feel like you have to contradict like the mainstream opinion yeah. so that you're being like disingenuous. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's, it's weird. And it's all incentivized by the internet, <laughs> the, the internet, whether it's like clicks on an article or likes on a tweet. Yeah. It's it's incentivizes the loudest and most ridiculous voices to be like to and stick the out. first voice too, you know. Yeah, like exactly. First, like that's the thing. It's like a lot of these people are taking, they're taking their takes are like a, they're like gambling with this take, right? Like this is what I meant, and they're just hoping that their take is going to be like the popular one or the people that people agree with, and you're trying to get it out first. So the information or what really happened. It doesn't even matter. It's just like what people say about it. What's fucked up though is like by the time the truth comes out, nobody ever cares about the actual story anymore. So it doesn't even matter what the actual truth yeah, is. Yeah, the news cycle's too fast. Yeah, to like by the redact. time the truth came out, we're on to the fucking next thing. You're old news. You're already shut down. Yeah, when like the two hour video of that Covington thing happened, like it was already over. Those kids were already painted as racist. Yeah. I mean, again, like I said, it's weird for me to even cape up for a fucking those kids because even in the situation even if, if you had unfolded the way it did they're still like just weird I shitty mean, kids regardless yeah. of the if it were people right around those kids were unlikable douches yeah again. yeah yeah like, that was their main, that was their biggest sin was just being incredibly unlikable which i yeah, can they relate. were super likable and then i just i remember watching like the kid with his lawyer and his parents like doing some whatever and i was like this kid's just a little small. Like, I don't even care if he's in the right. Ah, just the smugness just pouring off of him. Like, yeah, that's all. The other thing is funny to me is when people have an opinion or whatever, they throw out their shit quick, like Ben said, and then they're wrong. And then they'll be like, oh, my bad. I was just like operating with like not enough information. They just said like kind of throw an apology on Twitter. But then if their partisan enemy does the same thing, they're just like that apology isn't good enough fuck you like either side like i'm not even saying like left or right but it's like you, if you do it you're like oh my bad i fucked up but if your other side does it you you would never accept that explanation you would just like hammer them for like having a bad opinion and that, that's what the funny thing to me is is that like you know extend the same courtesy to like your quote-unquote enemies as you do like i don't know i feel like the way the internet works is just a weird double-edged sword where it's like people give it the power i don't know it's just very strange that people can't just like accept that like you know what i mean like if someone you don't like is wrong and they apologize i feel like the internet is not like very forgiving like the people who like disagree with that person even if it's like an honest mistake or whatever i guess i guess i my whole thing is now like anytime someone screws up who when did we decide like that the mob on the internet gets to decide like how effective your apology was and if they get accepted back like hey we didn't like that apology we need I more saw, apology from you we need i saw a good apology. i saw an internet mob story today um this guy and his wife hire, hired a videography team for their wedding is that the one you just sent out on the thing yeah i sent the link uh, in the group chat. So the guys 
the guy and his wife booked this video team and then the guy's wife ended up dying and he wanted a refund but the video team was like hey you signed a contract uh a non-refundable contract They're like we're very sorry that your wife died but we don't issue refunds and you signed the contract and then he was like, well, I guess I'll just schedule an appointment 10 years from now when I do get married, or you could just give me my money back. And they never emailed him back. And then two months later, he was like, hey, just so you know, there will be a presence on the internet against you. And then he got all of his friends and family to leave like negative Yelp reviews and like bash him on like all these different websites. He went to the local news and they ran like a smear piece on the video team so the video team bought the guy's name they bought the groom's name it's justinmotney.com <laughs> and they put up their whole side of the story and like the whole email exchange and then all the screenshots of all of the negative yelp reviews and uh they're taking legal action against them now they're like we're not we're sorry the guy's wife died but we don't give refunds to anybody how much money was it i don't know it's probably at least a grand probably a couple thousand dollars but they're like i get what they're saying they're like hey you booked out this date we didn't book any other weddings on that date so if you cancel we can't immediately just like book another wedding like we're screwed out of that money so it was actually just the deposit it wasn't even like the full fee yeah it's just weird yeah. I, I don't know I, I, but like yeah. they gotta they have to pay their team so they're like that deposit is like just in case like you cancel on us and we can't book something else last minute so i'm, I'm gonna have to read this thing i don't know anything about it but i guess this yeah. comes down to like i feel like the person depending on what the amount of money is i feel like that's gonna judge how i feel about this but they were basically like hey fuck you you can't just like use the internet against us to like smear our company's name and like also, the internet is very fucking like it, it. It doesn't have any amount of nuance on any issue. Like the 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 whole hating your landlord sentiment that exists on the internet, yeah. that acts like every single landlord is just sitting like Scrooge McDuck on top of a pile full of money that they get for absolutely no work. Like, I, I it just blows my mind as as somebody who works with people who own like rental properties. It's like, I guess like some people in New York do own like blocks of apartments and don't do anything. But like most people I know that rent out apartments, like need the money from that apartment to keep living their life. They put, they either, they put a lot of work into the apartments and two, they, they're not, they're not inherited like billionaire. Like they're, they're like pretty average Americans that like saved enough money to buy properties to rent out to other people. And it's just funny to me how the internet paints landlords as like these money grubbing it's like literally like yeah like you move out of your parents house and so you hated your parents when you were 18 now you're 22 you don't live with your parents anymore so you need a different authority figure to be like fuck you dad and then you just choose your landlord instead and it's just like and also like i'm not saying there aren't bad landlords but like if there's shitty landlords then like there is a process to deal with that and like you know there are laws in place and you know there are things you can do and just painting every landlord as a piece of shit my friend pedro is about to buy like a three family and rent it out to people and he literally made the money by working during the day and then delivering pizzas at night for the last like four years yeah. so it's like oh what a fucking piece of shit he moved here in sixth grade and literally is like trying to live the american dream fuck this guy <laughs> 
fuck landlords. I, it's just like a very silly, again, like a black and white painting. But he'll be issue. like mortgaging that property, right? So he has like bills to pay. Yeah, dude. And like, and yeah. even if he didn't, like, it, it's so weird when people try to get, it's like they, they bought this property and are renting people. It's a very, it's a legal and it's a very common way of having upward mobility. Like people got mad at Hannibal Burris for doing that. And it's like, dude, everybody who makes money in the entertainment, they're, they're fucking agents and their fucking managers are immediately like, <laughs> you, you should get some real estate because you might say the wrong thing on TV. People might stop caring about you. But if you buy apartment building, that doesn't matter. Like, cause it's like not attached to you. So it's weird. That, like literally there's, you can look at dozens of articles online about this celebrity owns an apartment and like on Twitter, everyone's like, Oh, what the fuck? Fuck this piece of shit for like gentrifying this neighborhood. which is like, I guess it's a conversation you have, but just immediately calling him a piece of shit is very weird to me. Cause it was like, this is a very common way of upward mobility in America that like actually is like good for a lot of people who are like yeah, trying isn't to that go- part of the American dream is owning your own. Yeah. And then there's case. negatives to it. I mean, you know what I mean? But it's like, what, decision isn't there negatives in the entire world like i don't know it's just such a infantile way to look at it it's just so funny and it's, everyone it honestly reeks of like people that will have nothing that's what i think what, to myself is like it's like the same people that like hate people like hate like people with mo- like hate ha- like when people have money like other people have money like anyone with money is just automatically an asshole to them yeah it's like the same type of thing and i get it that there's a lot of people out there with money that are assholes but there's like there's a lot of poor people that are assholes yeah, too, dude. Yeah, like I don't understand why money was like the thing that you decided that made somebody an asshole. Like if you got money you and became an asshole, you're probably an asshole to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. And I'm like, you just sound really jealous when you hate on other people for their money. Like you just sound like you're a broke, jealous person. Like that's all you come across as if you're just like hating on people that whatever. Because at the end of the day, fuck it, man. That's that's their life. It's not yours. So you're hating on their money isn't going to put more money in your pocket. I just don't understand why people would do that. Yeah, it's like it's, the same thing. It does just. It's really bizarre. It's such a waste of energy to resent. Even like the whole like. First off, the whole like eat the rich resenting billionaire thing that happens on the internet. The funniest part to me is that it's a completely pointless exercise. Like, oh my God, we're going to take down Jeff Bezos with like a hundred tweets a day. Like, you know, you'd be better served like going to law school, trying to get into Congress. You know what I mean? But that's way too much work. So where's just... his, all of his money going to go? Is it just going to like fall into oh, some no, well, charities Jesse, all he of doesn't, a sudden? He doesn't, that money's not his. That money should be redistributed to people who, I, you know, like he took a risk and made PayPal. And so when he his lottery ticket came up, he doesn't deserve all that money anymore all of a sudden. And that's the problem with me is I do understand that they don't need quote unquote like hoarding wealth. But when you start to try to pick a number to like how much wealth is enough is like, it's so arbitrary and like, it doesn't make any, so is a millionaire. Okay. Is a hundred thousand air. Okay. Like when does yeah. like at some point you're just taking money away from someone that like earned it. Like Jerry Seinfeld's worth $300 million based off stupid jokes that he wrote and you're going to, that he wrote and he went through the whole struggle. So now you're going to take more of his money away. It's just very bizarre to me when people well, like, that's, that's the thing about it though, that I think about sometimes it's like, if you were like to eat the rich and we're going to take Jeff Bezos's money, right? Let's say we were like, Jeff Bezos is worth $160 million. Let's say we cap him at 10, $160 billion. Let's say we cap him at, 30 billion. That's what we set the number at. You can only have $30 billion. And people say he doesn't have like all this in cash, but he can pull out like $3 billion in cash when he wants, which is a gangsta flex. But anyways, 
So let's say we cap it at 30 bid. So like, what are we going to do with the other hundred? Like, what, what are we going to do? Right. And I just always ask people what their idea with this money is. And people are going to tell you something stupid, like, well, we're, uh, let's give it to charities and give it to this. And it's like, okay, I get that idea. But first of all, like, who are these charities? You start reviewing a lot of charities and start looking at these numbers and you start seeing that a lot of charities aren't what they say, first of all. And then secondly, who's going to decide which charity gets what? Who's going to decide who does now? Because you have an interest in this, so now this should get somebody? Well, we should just take his money and now equally give it to everybody else? Are there other billionaires that are going to get this money too? Like, do they not do it? Like, you start going to these questions of when these people have these ideas and it's like a half big thought that somebody had and sounded smart and people were like yeah but they don't really have an idea or a plan it's not realistic because it's not thought through it's just someone that's bitter and angry about being broke that wants to do something like come up with something actually productive something that can actually work something that's creative get into politics and make a difference but unless you're trying to do that actual work sitting on fucking facebook and tinder, twitter complaining about that bullshit is the most useless shit. and tinder lots of girls on tinder be or say things like "Ooh, uh turn-ons destroying capitalism she said on her iphone 9 on an app where guys pay premium rates and make someone rich also to be honest with you if you split all jeff Bezos' money up between the entire country are we if we're being real how many years does it take for someone like a jeff bezos to just get back most of that money and and that's the other thing they said that if you take all the money in the world and you were to distribute it equally that over time the same people would get the money again because there is a system to making money in this country and most people don't know how that system works yeah, and because like, of that, they're always just going to, and a lot of people just don't know how to handle money. We don't talk about money. No one teaches you money in school. Like, and people think that's a weird view to like put it on them. But like, I mean, just speaking for myself, I mean, if I was a, a little bit more fiscally responsible, I'd be at a whole different point in my life right now. Like it's, it's people think put, shouldering any personal responsibility for your own financial like shortcomings is like, some people think that's a fucked up opinion, but it's like, is it really that weird to think that like most of America is just not super good at handling money? Like, I feel like it's just, and that probably comes out of the education system and stuff like that but to start with just today i think a lot of people should take we all have friends that think that the reason that they're broke is like donald trump's fault but they actually like have had four jobs in the past year and like don't you know what i mean it's just like they work at the dollar store 18 hours a week from you know i mean it's like and i get you need to start somewhere but they've been doing that same job for five years and like it's just uh it's weird to me sometimes when I see certain friends like so angry. At least, at least I know I'm broke because of me, and I don't try to like put it on other people too much. You know, bro, I, that is the realest shit, man. I like when I first moved out here. Like I always, like I came out of the woodwork. Like it seemed like I came to Massachusetts like overnight. But like when I moved out here, I probably had about twenty dollars in my bank account, no job, sleeping on a couch. Um, and I'm not saying my story is like anybody or it's anything special, but like in that moment, man, of being like jobless and getting your car repoed and all this stuff, it's like, you can sit there and blame everybody else. But at the end of the day, your situation won't change for shit. You can say it's Trump's fault. You can blame the economy. You can blame everybody. You know what the bank's going to give a fuck about that when they come to take your car? 
not shit. They won't even say anything to you. They don't give a fuck about Trump. They don't care about your job. They don't care about what bills you have to pay. They don't care about how sick you got. They don't care about any of that. They just fucking take your car on the tow truck and drive it the fuck off. They give yeah. zero fucks. So it's like, yeah, you can complain about all that shit and blame all these people. But at some point, it's like, okay, there's clearly people in this world that aren't super broke and aren't struggling for money all the time. So what are they doing? And what am I doing that's making me in that situation? And I, and I can honestly say, man, I spent a lot of time reading books, trying to understand different things about money. And it's like now financially, I'm in such a better place. It's like, there's money in my savings. You have like retirement accounts, all sorts of stuff. And not even like it's anything great, but it's like coming from someone that's bitching about, Oh, this person and I'm broke because of this and I don't have it because of this to being like, okay, fuck it. You're All right. that stuff like, may be true, but at the end of the day, complaining about it doesn't change any of it for me. It being their fault or not, you're right. It's not even relevant. It's, like, it's, it's irrelevant. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's like is not your fault. But the thing is, no one is coming to save you. Like, exactly. It's, just not, it's not happening. Right. It's like who, no, who's gonna? Yeah. Exactly. And no matter how loud you fucking yell, that's like the crazy thing about people trying to like complain about single payer healthcare right now is like like their response to like uh let's call them right wing people on open the government is like no it's fucked up like if you can't survive off your job maybe this is why we should have like ubi or single payer healthcare but like that's not a good answer because that's not happening right now it's not any not gonna happen over the next eight months probably not gonna happen over the next eight years probably won't ever happen until like our kids are like kind of old so it's weird it's like i no one's coming to fucking save you. So you got to fucking save yourself. You know what I mean? Like, right. even if it's not your fault, even if you live in Flint, Michigan and you had nothing to fucking do, like it literally isn't your fault. It's, it's everybody else's fault. At some point you just got to like, I remember hearing on a podcast one time, this guy was like, I'm not saying this to be like, pull you up by your bootstraps. I don't believe that. But it's like, if you live in Flint, Michigan, even if you just have to put everything you own on your back and just walk somewhere else, you have to do that at some point, even though it's not, you shouldn't have to do that. Even though yeah. life is fucking unfair and shitty. And uh, that's, I feel like enough people don't really, I mean, even I don't operate that way and I probably should. It's like, you know, everyone wants to fucking point the finger when you have a bad day and be like, fuck you guys, it's not my fault, but it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't could be matter, their fault. Right? It, it, that's the thing. That's the crazy part. It's like, you're a hundred percent right. You can be a hundred percent right. It, it's not your fault. Cool. But then you're right. Now what? You're still where you're at before you started at. Do you, do you feel like any better? Has your situation changed? Like, that's the crazy part is that at some point, you have to, and I'm not saying even pull yourself by it. Like the thing is there are ways out there to get help. There are different things that you can do. Like it's not, that is the one thing that I will say about this country is if like, if you are putting in the work to try to find the help, it's out there. But at the same time, it takes work. You know, like that's the thing. No one's coming to save you. That was the best thing. No one's going to be like, Oh, yeah. Ben. Yeah, no, you're bad at money. I got you, bro. You're going to, I'm just going to put some money in your account. And it's, but a lot of people hope so. That's why so many people play the lottery. That's what you're doing. Pray and even if you do you. take responsibility, you do everything right, you might end up still hitting a bunch of bad marks that you never get at. But at least, like, there is a level of respect I'd have for someone who is continuing to try than I have for, like, I just know a lot of my friends that have, like, conceded that they'll never own a house. They don't have any aspirations to do those things, which is fine if you don't truly want those things. But to not reach for them just because you, you think, I mean, it is kind of a fucked up psychological thing to be like a lot of them, people that are stuck in that place probably in the back of their mind are either scared of like 
succeeding or they're they're they don't think they deserve it because they have like a weird upbringing when they're a kid where like they don't think they deserve nice things so they just caught this perpetual cycle of fucking just shit tornado and uh it is weird especially when you're dealing with 350 million people because they fucking all have different reasons for a lot of people i mean are stuck it's like the whole homeless thing like most of the people no matter if you just gave homeless people a ton of money like 90 percent of them would continue to stay homeless because they're homeless because of mental illness or addiction like they're not just homeless because of a couple of bad breaks you know what i mean and i think on a lesser level there are some people who are in like the lower class that they're not just lower class because of bad breaks there is like inherent like if only everyone can get therapy and shit like that you know what i mean but you need to seek it out i guess because no one is going to give it to you. It sucks. It'd be dope if everyone could just get assigned a fucking therapist <laughs> to sort out their fucking childhood bullshit. But you need to really, like, seek it out if you... Uh... And if you don't want to seek it out, like me, that's fine. Just die in a hole quietly. You know what I mean? That's what I plan to do. Like, I love therapy. I want to go to therapy. I can't afford it right now. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you got to buy some books, dog. You got to start, you know... <laughs> start a podcast and get your feelings out, Jesse. Yeah, yeah here I am, baby. <laughs> No, but, yeah, that's the, that's the unfortunate part. Is that, and it's sad. I mean, I see yeah, a lot of really nice people. That. I see a lot of really good, nice, kind people that are stuck in bad scenarios. But, like, unfortunately, the world doesn't reward kindness most of the time. Like, kindness and kindness alone. You know what I mean? It kind of sucks. Like, I mean, everyone who's ever been successful pretty much has to be like, yeah, I kind of, like, ignored my family for, like, 15 years and, like, didn't do all the things I was supposed to. Like, any athlete on a high level and someone, like, hopefully they have a good support system around them. But at the end of the day, a lot of the elite athletes are like Michael Jordan where their friends even think they're kind of assholes. And, like, that's their best friend. He's like, yeah, he's kind of an asshole. So, like... Sometimes you just got to say, fuck it. Like, I mean, a big example is I have friends that feel like they're indebted to helping people that are more fucked up than them, but that doesn't allow them. It's like such a big part of their life having to deal with their addict friends or having to deal with their friends that are like, especially broke or homeless, that they're not even able to push their life. Like they're being kind of held back by like certain people because they've just known them for 15 years or whatever. And uh, it's fucked up because, I mean, it's not right to tell someone, like, you need to cut somebody loose. But, like, sometimes you need to cut people loose. It's fucked up. But, like, I don't know. I, I can think of a few friends in particular where I feel like they'd be in a much different place if they weren't so concerned about, like, loyalty to their homies from, like, ninth grade or whatever. Because, I mean, I get it. Kids, like, get addicted to drugs and shit. But at some point, you got to fucking – or family members even. I mean, that must be even harder to deal with a family member that is going through that shit because then you, not only do you feel indebted to them just by basic kindness, but you feel like there's, like, a blood, like, like obligation for you to, like, save this person. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you just got to save yourself. You know what I mean? Well, you can't, you can't keep setting yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you – like, and that's the thing that people do and, and they think there's a valiance in it. But it's like, if you look at it from a third party perspective, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, the moment somebody fucks up, you cut them loose. But at the same time, it's like, you have to, how many strikes in baseball do you get before somebody's out? You know, like how many times can you just keep fucking up and keep fucking up and not wanting to change and not wanting to be different before someone's like, I just can't keep doing this. Like, you got to draw a line somewhere, I think. Um and and hope that that somebody else once that maybe maybe you they stop using you as a crutch 
And once they don't have you as a crutch, then they, maybe they have to stand on their own. And maybe that's what they needed the whole time because they knew that you were always going to be there to bail them out every time they fucked up. They could just come to you and you'd fix all their problems. And so they just got addicted to that feeling. Maybe they just, they, they got hooked on just like, oh, I'll just fuck up. And then I know that Paul or Jesse's going to come through and fix everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe you're the crutch that keeps them coming back to where they're like, okay, there's no one here to catch me. I need to, to figure some things out for myself. And, and I think the thing about it that is at the same time is like somebody wants to, they kind of have to want to help themselves at a certain point. Like you can only try so hard. Like I had that situation with a friend that I told you about and all this whole time as he's really sick and he's going through this. And I keep thinking, it's like, you've had every opportunity in this world to like, to, to beat this problem. You know what I'm saying? Like money wasn't an issue in terms of like, you could got it. You could have got a therapist. You had a therapist. You go to these classes. You were. You had anything that you needed. Money wasn't an issue in terms of anything that you needed. Like all these people are there, surrounding you, trying to help you, supporting you, and it's still not enough. At what point? What is? And it's, it's like a. I think it's different for everybody, but at, I think at some point, every individual has to come to a realization on their own if they're going to rise above that. Like no one can come to that realization for you. No one can come to that moment for you. You have to reach it on your own. And at some point as a person who's knee deep in a situation with somebody like that, you have to decide at what point that you need to let them figure that out. And that's tricky because it's different for everybody. But at some point you need to. That's why, you know, just having zero friends, zero base, living on an island. That's the safest <laughs> way to go through life. You could probably do that for like a day. What would you do the next day, though, when you're like, I need all my friends in the bay? Dude, just fucking watch anime and jerk off, dude. That's all you need to do. You can only do that for so long before I got to save myself. I got to get out of that situation. <laughs> get a job watching anime and jerking off. Mm. And live your truth. Yeah, I've had to let friends go or let friendships fizzle out. Because yeah, I feel like in the addicted. Juggalo community, that's probably just a yearly occurrence. <laughs> you just gotta drop people. <laughs> no, my Juggalo friends I've held on to the longest. <laughs> oh, I was fan. It was my so. normcore friends. I got addicted to heroin. <laughs> oh, really? Opiates, yeah. Damn. Well, maybe if only they found God through the Church of the Juggalo, they would have. Yeah, if they had found. Uh peace and shangri-la <laughs> have to turn to such substances i might just start doing heroin soon i feel like no one pays attention to me i feel like it's a good way for your, to get people's attention when you disappear for two weeks i mean i just assume you were on heroin during that time no you don't <laughs> i don't even want to eat mushrooms when you go hiking i'm not gonna fucking step it up to heroin yeah, that's a, it's a different trip mushrooms will get you off of heroin i know but like i'm just saying like i'm I'm like too anxious to fucking you know what i mean like try drink two fruit coolers and smoke a bowl i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just jump to heroin all of a sudden that'll relieve all anxieties that you have <laughs> that's true <laughs> So I've yeah. heard. <clears throat> yeah, I don't get like people say it's an awesome drug, but I just feel like all drugs that have been promised to be super awesome to me, I just have always been like, I mean, this is okay, but it's not like, I don't know. People say that like, I remember the first time a couple of times I did mushrooms, everyone was like talking about these, oh, you have these fucking huge uh, 
fuck what's the word breakthroughs uh, man yeah no the yeah. word uh there's another word for it uh realizations yeah. Yeah. and then i ate him and i was moment, like i just moment feel of clarity yeah i was just like i ate him and i was like i just feel fucked up for a few hours and giggling yeah i've never had these like crazy like revelations like you're not just you're just not eating enough man and then you eat like five grams and you just puke everywhere you're like all right yeah. i'm still not <laughs> i'm still right. not seeing i will say heck? i've had one of those moments man i i've had one of those moments on mushrooms i took like an eighth of mushrooms one time and my whole life, so when I was going through that whole thing, and I was, this was back in 2017, I was still broke, living on the couch, blah, blah, blah. And I, I and my whole life felt like a ball of yarn. But you know, like when it's like curled up, and it's all like, you're trying to like straighten out the yarn, and you just can't do it. I'm like, this is what my life felt like at that moment. And I remember I took these and I went to go see Spider-Man Homecoming, best movie ever written. <laughs> I, to this day, it wasn't even 3D, but it was 3D to me in the theater. I'm sitting there by myself. I'm like laughing out loud. I'm crying by myself. I went through this whole roller coaster of emotions, and I get out, and it had just like rained, and the sun was just coming over the horizons. And I was like, in that moment, I figured out it was crazy because that was probably like August. And then I got like a good job that September. I got an apartment in like November, and like, it just, everything happened like that, 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 like after that moment. And I don't know if it was right or if it was because of that, but like in that moment is like, I did have that moment of clarity. So that, that has happened for me. I don't know for some people so it doesn't. you're saying if you're down on your luck and you're broke, eat some mushrooms and then your life will turn around <laughs> magically. Okay. Watch Spider-Man. That's how they call, that's why they call them magic mushrooms, Paul. They're magical. That's how they work. Nah. I'm not saying that it happened to that. I think it just, for me, it just gave me a sense of like, everything's going to be fine. Like this is how things are going to work out and just don't like let all this stuff go. Like it was a weird thing because like, I have I those know, thoughts, man. but it's like while I'm tripping and I'm freaking out a little bit, I'm like, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, going to with, get through this moment. With most drugs I've ever done, I found my entire mindset is I just sit down and say, well, I'm just going to wait this out. Like yeah. even like the good drugs, I, I I don't really enjoy. Maybe it's just like my brain, but it's just like I I almost like have this weird like puritanical like like I can't get over the anxiety and like guilt of like I should not be doing this drug. My parents, if they knew about this, would be so fucking mad at me. And like I don't know, it's a weird thing. Only but, like Molly, I'm like very like okay with being really fucked up on drugs. Yeah, I'm, like not worry about it. I'm weed only. Weed only and the occasional Adderall when I need to do laundry. Oh my gosh. Adderall's crazy. See, I'm not like a speed guy or like an upper kind of guy. Just just a few things. A little bit of the tree and a little bit of the shrooms. They just, they do it for me. That's Mm -hmm. it. But I don't know, man. I think a lot of things I've noticed about experiences with drugs are you have to be in a mindset for the drug. Like the one thing about me is I'm not like a real anxious person. Like I had, I I remember the first time I had a panic attack from anxiety. I like, I was in college and I remember I was like trying to work and pay my bills and finals were coming up. I remember I was just like, what the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to pay this rent? How am I going to study for this? Blah, blah, blah. And I remember I'm like, holy shit, I think I'm dying. Like, I think I'm I'm having a heart attack right now. Like, I don't think I'm going to make it. And I thought I was having a heart attack. And then I like, uh, so then I was like able to just sit there. And after a while, I just like laid down and drank some water. And after a while, 
like after a couple like over an hour i was just sitting there and i was like able to start breathing and i went to go talk to like the doctor at the school campus and they're like yeah you had a you had a panic attack are you having anxiety i was like is that what this feeling is do people live like this mm-hmm. like i could not i could not find so i was like all right and so I was like, okay, so I talked to like the school counselor. I was like, well, what can I do to avoid feeling like this? And then I took, I went through, through, through like a therapist and then started talking about it. They gave me a bunch of books to read and all sorts of stuff, but I don't know. So I think that helps because anxiety is like the worst mindset to have on drugs. Like if you're like on mushrooms or if you're even on Molly, you try to have a good time and you're being like, and you have anxieties hitting you it just multiplies by like a thousand times by whatever you're on. It just, in, it like goes zooms in on that one feeling that you're feeling. I thought I had really bad anxiety and then I quit smoking weed and realized it's not that bad. I was just fucking high every day. I like it. <sighs> I, uh, you getting sleepy, Paul? Yeah, dude, I'm fucking tired. Want I cut this podcast short? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's been so many yucks, so many laughs. I mean, I can't, I can't find a place. <laughs> I can't find a place to cut it. Basically, you guys, I'm celibate now. I'm gonna cut off my own dick and balls, um, yeah. and devote myself to the one true God. Um, I'm happy it? for you. I'm glad you found this clarity. The Rastafari. Uh, <laughs> Rastafari. Blah, blah. Yeah, I'm gonna commit my life to Jah. And uh, cut my dick and balls off. Yeah, so I, ja, I will ja not rule. be tempted. Yeah, I gotta commit to the Church of Ja Rule. Um, the fire church. It's yeah. castration. <laughs> fire first Sunday, baby. And, uh, you know, I just think a couple more months since quarantine, I'm gonna get really buff, and then I'm going to just commit suicide by cop. I'm just gonna rob a bank uh, with a baseball bat, and I'm gonna beat down as many people as I can until they shoot me. Don't kill anybody. Just going for knees and ACLs. I'm going to see how many ACLs I have to break before they'll shoot me in the head. Are you going to paint yourself, you paint yourself black? Because that's the only way you're getting shot. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll get away with a lot more swings if I'm white, probably. But Bro. what if I paint myself black and Twitter cancels me for having blackface? <laughs> you get shot by the police in blackface mm. and the police and black people hate Boo! you? Yeah, that would suck ass. I wonder how many knees you have to break with a baseball bat before they would start opening fire. Just like, put the bat down. And you're just not going to people's heads, not going for lethal damage, just going after ankles and knees. But I think if you had a bat palm, like if you had a bat and everyone could see that you had a bat, I don't think they shoot you dead. I think Paul would make it out of there alive. You would get arrested. <laughs> just leave what? a trail of crippled people behind me just screaming, holding their legs. <laughs> My leg. Bro, you heard about that dude that had the guns that he shot a bunch of people and the cops took him alive. That shit happens all the time, bro. You have a bat. That's not even a that's not even a deadly yeah, weapon. Yeah, it is weird. Like I know that there's just tons of cases and so obviously like events unfold different ways, but it's funny when you hear a story like man reaches for license gets shot by police and then another story be like man shoots like entire mall up gets apprehended alive by police anytime like, someone oh, tries to commit suicide by cop it doesn't work <laughs> it's like it's, it's just so funny it's like autistic child with children's bike gets mowed down by police officers and then it just be like known bank robber drives away scot-free and it's just like Come on, guys. Let's uh, let's be consistent. You know, if you're gonna shoot bit. some people, just shoot everybody. 
shoot everyone or nobody make yeah. up your mind i think uh hopefully someday i've always like how long is it going to be before they create some type of non-lethal weapon that is as effective as like a real like a taser that's like really good and like never fucks up like i don't know why that isn't already like a just, sonic weapon i don't know something that's like just like no matter what the situation is you can just use this on them and then figure out what happened afterwards like why can't we find something i know like i guess taser would be the answer but i guess there's limitations to tasers or that's whatever. gonna be the chip bro yeah oh yeah They'll just deactivate your chip real quick. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, that's what that Elon Musk was talking about, that chip. They're like, oh, we can use it to fix diseases and all this shit. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do that the first, like, two months. And they'll be like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, Paul. No, the cops are looking for Paul. Let me shut him down real quick. Yeah, yeah. he's on the corner of Grafton Street. He's just yeah, Rogan just- was like, oh, are you going to put the neural link in your head? He was like, ah, maybe eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, right? I'm not putting no nothing. Bro. He's not going to be the first one with it. You know what it reminds me of is, have you seen those bait cars when people get in them and they start driving down the street and they, like, steal a car and then all of a sudden the car just turns off and they're just sitting behind the wheel and it's like, they have a camera in the dashboard and they're just like, fuck. <laughs> they just all at once they like they try the door it's locked from the outside and they're just like you just get like a 10 seconds or they just that person just alone with their thoughts and like usually it's something like god i really fucked up so bad oh fuck it's just (laughs) that that moment must be so fucking shitty like it's like oh it's like a huge version like opening your report card in third grade just seeing like all f's and just like 10 minutes between when you get off the bus and when you get to see it and you just have this 10 minutes of like i know what happens in 10 minutes when i see these people this only goes one way oh god dude i I wouldn't know what that was like i never got f's no really oh well you know straight o's straight a's homie i went to a vocational high school so you have to get f's for them to allow you in you have to have below a certain gpa straight d's bro <laughs> Throw some D's on that bitch. Throw some D's on that bitch. Dude, no. getting a D minus in a class was the best because you're just like, I did it. I did no work. I did nothing I was supposed to, and I still made it. I still <laughs> made it to the next level. It's just like I, I completely foregoed. I used to break it down because they give you the syllabus at the beginning and be like, twenty percent homework, thirty percent this, twenty percent final. So I would just be like, how can I get sixty-one points? while doing the least amount of work possible so like if it was 20 percent homework i would just throw it like i'm not doing any homework i'll start at an 80 and then <laughs> i would literally have to get like hundreds on tests to even pass because i just and my teachers so many times would just be like paul you're doing more work and showing me how smart you are by barely succeeding you could yeah, just like, i figured out that i needed a 65 to pass so i would get an 85 the first three quarters and then yeah. get a zero the last quarter and it would average out to a 65 so the, my last quarter of the year i would not do any work at all i would just show up and go to sleep there's an art to being mediocre dude there's a special <laughs> art and you don't give yourself a lot to fuck with like one year i fucked up and uh, I passed my final in, and I got the score I needed for the final, so I didn't think I had to go to summer school. And then she was like, all right, well, then she, it was like 10th grade. So she was like, we got to do a binder check. She pulled binder check out of nowhere, and I was like, I don't have a binder. And she was like, all right, well, then you're not going to be able to pass. And I was like, all right, well, I think I might have some stuff in my locker, so I'll go see. And then I just walked out of the school and just didn't come back that year. <laughs> like It was like one of the last weeks anyway because it was finals, and then I just had to go to summer school that year. And I was like, 
this fucking and then i think i may have yelled at my teacher and called her a lesbian from the hallway which in retrospect was not a good thing to do but then i just transferred schools after that summer and they never saw me again so paul's i heard just being a rebel in high school i could see that well i played game boy every day in the front row of my biology class and i've always thought it was weird she was the only teacher that never said anything about it and then at the end of the year i failed and she was like yeah i knew you were gonna fail i just like let you fail and i remember just being like wow you're a really great teacher. I'm like a 13, 14 year old. And you're like teaching me a lesson by like not doing your job. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. It's funny. Cause like when you're a kid, you look up to teachers, you're like, Oh, that's a teacher. That's a person of like authority. And now that you're an adult, like, you know, teachers, like, yeah, she just got teachers. her. Yeah. She's got her own shit going on. She yeah, and, and I now, like, yeah. Now looking back, you're just like, Oh no, like their behavior completely makes sense now that I know they're just fucking people that dealing with their own shit and don't give a fuck about you for the most part. But some you just did, be but. fucking dude. I wanna fuck a teacher. Hot for teacher. Did you have any hot teachers in high school? Oh yeah, I had this one name, Mrs. Gomez, dude. Her name was I don't wanna say her first name. Her name was Mrs. Gomez. And uh uh she was super hot, but then there was also weirdly a rumor that she was like a, a trans person, which I don't know. <laughs> Those are simultaneously existing in the school at the same time. But uh, Your school is no, very progressive in terms of taste. No, I, I assure you we weren't using the correct nomenclature to describe <laughs> what we thought she was. I, can, I don't think we were using correct pronouns. I don't think we were respecting it, her gender identity very much. It was just a weird... You know why the rumor started? Uh, no, I can't say. Her, I don't want to say her first name, but her first name looked like a guy's name on her ID when she was hanging around, but it wasn't a guy's name. So for some reason, everyone just assumed. It was Francis? Was, no, no, no. But in like ninth grade, dude, the stupidest rumors will just get traction and then you'll just look back and you'll be like, there's zero percent chance that was true. And like everybody in the school was just like, maybe it's true. Like they all thought it was like a real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like people uh bro, we had so many hot teachers in our high school looking back. Like there was a couple of them that could have gotten the business, bro. Like we only had one or two. We had a we lot only had of one, yeah. And she was the cheerleading captain also. Oh, or man. cheerleading coach. Our cheerleading coach taught Spanish. We had these two Spanish teachers that were one were banging. They were super banging. One, one there was always a rumor that one was hooking up with the assistant principal on school trips. People said they saw him bucking naked with some ice cubes and shit getting out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the rumor. But she was banging. There was another Spanish teacher. Buck naked with some ice cubes. <laughs> bucking naked with some ice cubes. <laughs> sounds like a rap bar. Like, yeah, me and the bitch buck naked with some ice cubes. We don't, we don't do titles on this show. Maybe we should start. And the first one will be bucking naked with some ice cubes. Dude, I, yeah, I want to... My first thing after quarantine I'm going to do is get buck naked with some ice cubes and shit with some girl. That sounds like a good time. It's a great time. That's a good Fro- summer look right there. Buck a frosted marg. <laughs> a frosted marg in the jacuzzi, dude. What's oh, better? Bro, there was a teacher named Miss Jackson, and we used to always sing, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. And we'd sing that to her every day. And Miss Jackson was so banging. Oh my gosh. We found out how what her car was. And uh, so we, we used to play pranks on her. We asked her what her car was, and she told us she drove the wrong car, but we knew what kind of car she drove. And we're like, and we told her we we're gonna go mess with teachers' cars for a senior prank. And we're like, don't so tell us what kind of car you have so we won't mess with it. And she told us the wrong car, but we seen her driving, so we knew what kind of car she has. We're like, okay, cool. So we we hit her up and we're like, hey, 
oh, we didn't find your car, so we didn't get it, but we egged this one car, and it looked just like this, and we said the car that she actually had. And I, Ms. Jackson was sprinting. She came out right into the parking lot with her feathers. I thought you were going to be like, I thought you were going to be like, yeah, you know, we found out what car she drove, so we were playing pranks on her. Like, you know, uh, we were following her home, and then we were, like, hiding in her bushes and looking through her. Actually, it was just me, none of my friends. <laughs> Actually, she, she wasn't even a teacher. She was just this chick that worked at the convenience store. <laughs> I don't have those kind of luxury, Paul. Like, I can't, I can just think about following a girl home and get arrested. Like, it's just be yeah. like, Knowing, knowing oh, what shit. someone, knowing oh. like what a girl drives is such a weird sentence. There, like, yeah, but I know what kind of car she drives. It's like a very small leap from knowing what kind of car she drives to like knowing what type of perfume she uses, knowing like what, her home address. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, is it though when you go to a school and you guys pull up to the same parking lot every day? It's that no, but it's just in a car? it's just a funny like sentence to say. I don't know. Yeah, my coworkers knew what kind of car I had. And, uh, That's because you post an Instagram story every day. You say mini gang. No, before <laughs> before I had a Mini Cooper, they knew about my Nissan Altima. Oh I yeah. Like, I don't know what anyone here drives. Yeah, I'm not perceptive. Not at work. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't. I couldn't tell you what any any of the people that knew my car. I could not tell you what their car was. I don't know. They, well, watching me. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is a good episode, but I gotta go to bed. Uh, it's all right. Thanks, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Did you shut the recording off? No. Uh, I gotta go to bed. You said uh, so, so nonchalantly. Listen to us on Spotify. We're over there. Um, yeah, I'm doing a Zoom show tomorrow. Find oh, me on uh, the Donald Zoom show. What's find me on, I'm posting this Thursday. You got anything on Thursday or Friday? Nah, you can find me on Reddit uh, r slash the Donald. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll be defending our great leaders. Uh, In r slash starting strength. Yeah, r slash starting strength. Some form and, checks. And uh, r slash bodybuilding. Uh, r slash vegan bodybuilding. I'm a moderator there if you guys want to check it out. I'm going to go eat some almonds and... Uh, R slash M14. <laughs> what is M14? Men for trans? I don't know. Oh, M4T. I thought you said M- M14. I was like, what the fuck is that? You can find Paul on M14s. <laughs> you can find me on R slash. Which also some sounds, which sounds a lot worse, by the way. M14s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul's out here looking for some 14s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 14 or 14s? Because 14s could be legal. You could just have four 18 <laughs> Or 19 <laughs> Which is like a pretty hot, actually. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> I, I watched that video recently, honestly. Would you guys have a haram if you could? What's a haram? It's just a like harem? a bunch of bitches that fuck you. Oh, a harem? Yeah. yeah. A haram. Oh, wait. Haram uh, is uh, that's a haram. like gorilla that got <laughs> shot. Would you have a haram bay if you could? Isn't haram like a sin in the Muslim? I got a haram of bays. I call her my haram bay. <laughs> Would I have a harem? Bro, that's so much work, man. Like having talk. What do you? Are they just there, just like concubines, or do I have to like talk to them and hang out? Oh, you gotta keep them in line. You gotta give them that backhand once in a while. They get mouthy. 
They're wiped oh, up, bro. That's <laughs> so much work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Oh, man. That is a lot of work. I would, I, I would only have a haram of concubines. I wouldn't have these Dude, weebs. We should do a sitcom. We should do a sitcom where it's a harem, and it's like all these hot girls and then like one chubby guy and like it's but it's like classic sitcom where they just always shit on the dude and like <laughs> tell him he's lazy and shit like that. so he just comes home and he's like i got eight wives nagging me now and it's just like oh, tons of girls like the same thing as like a, a king like Queens. al bundy but with eight, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just like a super campy like like sitcom set in a in a harem oh mormon mormon al bundy would be good <laughs> Mormon with children. Yeah, Mormon with children. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, end, let's end it on that. All right, uh, all right. Peace. Thanks, everybody.